Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sample Hour. Today, I had the pleasure of having my good friend uh, Joe Tachito on. Um, if you guys don't know who Joe is, you're missing out. This dude, um, when I first was starting my podcast, he was he came in town from Toronto, came over, had his own podcast network that he was he was operating on, and was doing it part time. You know, just working a job and doing a podcast. And I was about to get started and. Him and I had a conversation that really helped get me started. Um, and something that uh, I kind of figured out with these podcasts, or just doing anything for yourself, the hardest thing to do is get started, guys. So I I am uh, forever grateful um, to have Joe be my friend and, uh, and brother through this, uh, just through this like adventure and in investing in myself. Um, on the last episode, Charles and I were kind of talking about um, this comedy show that's coming up um, if you guys go to brownpapertickets.com and search for Kill Tony Toronto. Um, you guys can get tickets. Uh, please, please, please get tickets. If you're if you're in the Toronto area or even if you're in the States and Toronto's not far, man, make a trip to Toronto this week. So the 7th, we're going to have Kill Tony live. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm coming up there at No Susquehanna's coming up there. And uh, it's going to be an awesome time. So please, please, please um, come and meet me out there. Come and hang out, man. I'm looking forward to just hanging out with uh, some cool people, getting to know some Canadians. And uh, so anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this show. Follow Joe. He's at Joe Rantan on Twitter. Facebook friend him. Uh, he's Joe Toshido. Uh, follow him, like him and follow him on Instagram. Um, this guy's a bad, bad dude, man. Bad in a good way. Like he, uh, I'm proud to say he's my friend and, uh, I'm proud to, to, to be a part of this. He came down, helped us do our comedy show, um, last year, about a year ago from today. So anyways, guys, with enough being said there, um, check it out. Uh, enjoy this show. Lord, I gotta keep on. Lord, forgive me for not 
Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. I'm your host, Drew Sample, and I have a very special guest, um, my very good friend. Uh, you might know him from Twitter. He also is uh, he is the founder of and creator of the High on Trees comedy shows, which have brought much, much, much pleasure to many people's lives, including my own. My very good friend, Joe Tachito. How you doing, sir? What's up, Drew? What's up? Did I, na- did I say your last name right? Yeah, you did, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thankfully, I heard Izzy Rock say it right on your yeah. podcast. You did, so I could just I could cheat because I would have butchered it otherwise. It's okay, man. It's been a lifelong struggle, but uh, <laughs> it's always the weirdest people. Like, like the people that I expect to screw it up. You know what I mean? They don't. <laughs> I'm just like. Really? This guy got it right. Okay, good. <laughs> like, this guy looks like the whitest motherfucker right here. <laughs> no no knowledge of like... How to say Italian names? Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm super stoked to uh, about uh, this week. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on was so we could kind of promote this show that's happening this weekend, this Kill Tony show in Toronto. Yo, dude, this is going to be fucking epic beyond belief right like i mean we've done one live podcast already with tom and christina from your mom's house and it was the first of its kind first time using this uh, very special venue that we found in toronto uh it's like an old school projection booth cinema it's actually the oldest running cinema in this or projection booth cinema in the city but they got a stage in there and it's like you walk in there it's like a time warp right you get in there and it's just like fucking what year is it dude right and um yeah but they got a stage there and it's just it's just a really cool environment to, to watch something like a live podcast or comedy show. Uh, they've had like different plays and stuff go on there as well as like screenings of all different kinds of movies. But, um, you know, after going to see uh, Kill Tony live at the comedy store in L.A., I was like, whoa, man, this is such a fucking amazing thing that they got going um, in the sense that they're giving a chance for new comedians to you know, display their talent, even though it be 60 seconds, like it's huge for a comic to get some sort of exposure and to get some constructive criticism on their, on their material. And, uh, Toronto has such a rich comedy scene. It's something that I, I, you know, I really hope that I help expose to, you know, a lot of the comics that we brought down here for high on tree shows. And, you know, something that I'm always trying to remind comics that are from here, you know, like not to underestimate how good they are and stuff. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see, locals from here taking a stab at you know trying to kill tony right it's gonna be fucking dope absolutely dude absolutely yeah we uh we just had that uh, comedy draft here in columbus dude that was a lot of fun 
Yeah, I heard about that. It was like uh, Death Squad let local open micers give them a chance, and then the best one they let them open up at their show or something. Like, absolutely. Yeah, we went and saw. Um, we went. Uh, I don't know why I said we went and saw, but yeah, we went. <laughs> we saw it, and uh, um, my friend Don Baker he got on stage, so that worked out really well. Oh, so he got he got drafted. Yeah, he got drafted. The the comics Sick. were all really good. Dom got drafted. He uh, he made it to the finals. It was him. This guy uh, what was his name Wonder My- Wonder Wonder. Oh man, what was his name? Uh, some loser name. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I he, I follow him on Twitter, man. I have to look it up. Him and this other guy who uh, the Corexican. He was like this Korean Mexican guy. He was hilarious. What? Yeah, Wonder Dog. His name was Wonder Dog. Yeah, Wonder Dog. Stumbling on that, but I wanted to give him props because he was funny as fuck, dude. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and then the Corexican, he was pretty funny. It was a, it was a really cool scene. I was really shocked to see. Um, there were some really talented dudes from Columbus. Like I was in Dom's from Toledo, so it's cool that like these, these podcasts are happening because they're giving light on comics so they can take shortcuts and not necessarily well, not shortcuts. But they can get exposure and not necessarily oh, have to go through TV to do it. Yeah, yeah. They, they're they're finding new avenues to go into it and to step into it. Yeah, not a shortcut. I agree. It's not a shortcut because there's no shortcuts there, bro. There really, there really isn't. There, I, there's, just, there's just hard work because even if you get a chance because, like, say you're best friends with, like, some top-notch comic, like, <laughs> that, that opportunity is going to help. But it's not going to – there's no shortcut to becoming a good comic. No, no, not at I don't, all. I don't think so, anyway. No, the one, the guy that won had only done it for three months, though. Like, he didn't know well, doing comedy for three months. Well, that's the thing, months, right? Months. Like, something that I'm anticipating at Kill Tony is just like, you know, there's a slew of fucking amazing Toronto comics, right? And I personally, you know, I look at most of them that I would say like to be on Kill Tony or, like, get, have a shot up there just for the exposure. But, like, because of the nature of Kill Tony as well, it's like, I think there's some comics here and I wouldn't be surprised if they look at the whole situation as kind of almost like, maybe this is not the right word to use, but like degrading in a sense, because they say they've been doing comedy for five years. Like they don't want to go up and do 60 seconds and have someone rip on their shit when like, yo, they're like a full on working comic. But the surprising thing for me is that I've been getting a ton of fucking messages and emails from people who have purchased tickets. And there's going to be a lot of people trying stand up, for their very first time up there. And I think that's even more important. Like, you know, as important as it is to share like some great talent from the city, like, you know what? It's more about like people wanting to, you know, walk the plank, you know, for the first time. You know what I mean? It's just like, Absolutely. you know, give it a shot. Right. And people are like, I've never done it before, man. How do I get on the list? I'm like, yo, just put your fucking name in a bucket, bro. Like I can't guarantee anything, but like, yeah, that's good how, luck. You know, that's how it rolls. Yeah. They, uh, it's just a draft, and then you get to go do your your three minutes. So no, it's sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Yeah, my bad. Your sixty yeah. seconds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is good too because you get to see more comics, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the draft they did three minutes. That's why I got myself. I could I could see that uh, a little bit like more important. You know, if you're drafting someone to see if they go open up at your show, like you're gonna have to see more than sixty seconds. But the challenge with the sixty seconds thing is like just being able to bang it out. You know what I mean? Like. Like they always say, trim the fat on the joke and just get to the funny and just, just yo, you got 60 seconds and make use of it, right? So it's like, Absolutely. I think it's really cool with the draft and Kill Tony because I remember a long time ago, like, 
you know, just when it all fucking started going haywire with death squad. And, um, I was just like, I I had this idea in my head. I'm like, fuck, you know, this whole podcast platform, whether it be just podcast or death squad or other podcasts, like death squad playing a huge role in my opinion. Um, and just exposing comedy to the world again, you know, like people all of a sudden are like, yo, it's fucking cool to go to a comedy show. You know what I mean? And I noticed this like spreading. Right. And I always thought like, I even think I like emailed red band like a long time ago. I was like, dude, you guys got to start fucking exposing local, local open micers and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it was just an idea that I had that like death squad is so powerful in exposing comedy that, you know, every time you guys go and do a show somewhere, you guys should be like fucking finding a way to expose the local talent there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Expand it outside of just LA. Yeah, exactly. And like, I don't know if, you know, after visiting LA, like, you know, these guys are just dudes like everyone else. Right. Like, you know, someone might have a perception that like everything's fucking amazing in their world. And then you go and visit them in their world and you're just like, it's not the same perception that you might've had. Like you see, like these are people just living their lives, you know, like grinding, just grinding. And I think sometimes people don't even, recognize their value you know what i mean and i caught a little bit of that too like i I think brian and tony both realize like the power of this draw of death squad and stuff but then like on like a national scale and even international scale i think it would even blow their minds to find out exactly how much of an impact they've made on people's lives when it comes to comedy you know aside from like say personal development which we all which we all experience too by listening to podcasts right absolutely man I think it's really cool that we've gone from like doing the comedy shows, you know, at the underground to kind of evolving and, um, and doing this live podcast thing. You know, there's a lot of other comedians that I'd like to bring up to do the podcast and I'm going to keep, keep doing it. Right. Like just keep making this shit happen because fuck, it brings so much to everyone's life who comes, you know, like even just as a fan going to see the show, it's like something different to do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's fun, man. It's it's uh, it it's so like it's so interesting how much my life has changed personally since we all. I mean, like like I mean, even like thinking about starting my podcast. Like, I mean, I remember you sitting in my house before I even like started recording, and I was like, and I was all nervous, and I was so afraid to just get started. And I oh, I like, remember, yeah. I was like, dude, don't you get like nervous and stuff? You're like, yeah, but it it goes away. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it. And it was just like, man, like. Cause I was like, cause man, I, it, and 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 that like translates with comedy too, or anything like just talking about like your potential, like it's you know, it's putting yourself out on the line, yeah, you know, your Start feelings, and, yeah, 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 you're putting yourself out on the line, bro. Like, you know, I I was just even thinking, I'm like equating it to like you know, say a, an open micer coming up to a stage, right, or say a podcaster trying a podcast for the first time, like the first time I did a podcast, like. Yo, my heart was beating, guy, before I press record. Yeah. I'm like, hold on, nobody's here. I'm just sitting in my room by myself. Like, nobody's watching me right now, okay? I remember but, when, I, when I was first going to get Birdie Stevens on to promote a show when he was coming in town. I was so nervous. Yeah, like, you know, you're just like, you, you mean, you want to you want to be as good as you can be, right? And now yeah. you you know that you're just putting yourself out on the line and exposing yourself. So, like, I, I equate it to, like, the equivalent of, like, you know, gathering the balls, right? And the courage, like say you got this like sexy girl in your house, you know, or sexy guy, whatever your thing is, right? And you're, and you're just like, you get to this point where you're like, you know what? I feel fucking confident enough. 
I'm just going to fucking take all my clothes off right now. It's happening. You know what I mean? So that's the comic on stage. He's going up there and he's like, yo, here's this fucking girl and I'm fucking ready. Here it is, man. I'm giving you everything I got. And you strip down naked. And then when you have like a bad set or you don't perform, that's like the equivalent of like looking down and realizing you have the smallest fucking dick, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, oh shit, man. I just stripped everything away and exposed it like yo i'm not even packing man like fuck so you know you gotta hand it to these fucking people man that go up and try they even podcast even stand up any kind of live art right and i I, i'm sure it's even the same for like a painter you know they they make a painting and they like they go to an art exhibit and they're going to show their their painting you know they got to be prepared they're standing there in front of their painting they got to be prepared for people to you know walk by with their fucking wine glass in their hand and like some fucking you know, kernel cluster fucking like glass one eyepiece or some shit. And like, oh, this painting's fucking horrible. You know, and you're just like, oh my God, it took me a year to paint this. Like, <laughs> yeah, same man. shit, right? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. You just gotta, like, that's something that's interesting. I've been reading a lot about like our generation and like kind of like generational things. Like, because like now, like in like the US, and I don't know if it's the same statistics in Canada, but like, the U.S., like, the millennial generation, we're, like, the largest generation now, and we have, like, so much... Oh, population-wise. Yeah, we have so yeah, much yeah, yeah. power in numbers, and we have and so push. Much... Yeah, we have a push. We have yeah, a pull. And, and yeah, and I was reading, like, in Reason Magazine, I don't know if you're familiar, but they were like, yeah, you're not going to try to convince any millennial that gays can't be married or that... Married yeah, married. like, stupid individual choices. Like Yeah, and so it's it's, like... Like with comedy too, and like with arts, like I mean, like we can we can make that what we want it to be, like with entertainment, man. And it's well, it's like- I think another good point to be raised, like by the whole like being like ugh, the greatest population this generation, is the fact that there's that much more room to be successful in the world. Yeah, you know, like you know, take someone like uh, like Red Band. He's got like you know a hundred and some odd like followers, right? Hundred thousand some odd followers right <clears throat> yeah you know what i mean um but uh but like that's just a small little corner of the world yeah you know so like how many more hundred thousand followers can you tune into that are gonna like and be fans of something completely different so it's like it's at a time like now it's, it's there's no better time to just go out and try you know what i mean like sometimes i, I hear about like some major pop music sensation like you know some like boy band from fucking some euro country or something and you you stumble across it somehow online you're like holy fuck these kids got like a million followers who the fuck are they but like there's many more millions you know what i mean there's many more millions so it's like you could be surprised like why is this guy so hot right now like why is this guy such a following it's like because he's just throwing his shit out there i mean like attracts like you know what i mean like just That's what I believe. Like, I mean, I'm not like this, like, you know, the book, the secret advocate or something, but I still think like certain ideas from, from those ideologies, like really play a huge part. Like, you know, just like attracting like and having a law of attraction, you know, like if you put something out there constantly, you're going to receive some static in the, in the meantime, but more, more or less, you're going to attract the people interested. Exactly, man. It's like, uh, well, a couple of things, like based on what you said, like, yeah, like, just because you think like like attracts like doesn't mean that you're gonna be that you should be associated with yeah, i like money come yeah, here money. yeah me too dude <laughs> i think it's like but the thing is is it's like you can take good things from anything 
you you just you can and and it's yeah just, yeah and you have or, to you have to have your own see, philosophy man like, but that's what it boils down to it all boils down to your two fucking peepers you know your yeah. eyes your perception what's going on in your mind yeah. any comedian could go up and have a set and if he's looking for the negative he's gonna find nothing but the negative yeah. if that's the ever-present thought in that person's head guaranteed he will find something negative about it you know what I mean? Just like certain times, like, I mean, we've sold out a lot of shows, you know, put a lot of effort in promoting and getting people spreading the word. But, you know, there's been some shows where it's like, oh, fuck, man, like, because we've had like comics over for three nights in a row. And like, say the first night, like there was one comic, and I'm not even going to say their name, but there was one comic and, you know, it could have been timing, could have been anything, right? But we came and there was like 18 people in the club, you know? And like, you're looking at it going like, as a promoter, you're like, fuck, man, like, this is a failure. You could be telling yourself, right? But then it's like that night with the 18 people in the crowd compared to the night after with 100 people in the crowd, it's like nothing matched up to the magic that that 18-person crowd comedy had. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it's like it's still a success. So in your head, you're thinking like, you're going to get all down and out like, fuck, I failed. I didn't get enough people in. This is embarrassing money-wise. Like all these little things come into play. But like in the end, you're like, yo, this is still fucking magic. And that's what I take from it at the end, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, man, some of the small shows are some of the best shows, man. Like, you Yeah, can- it's that intimate thing. Yeah. And we're all connected. And they start talking to people in the crowd. And it's just like, okay, we're all here together right now. And it becomes something very special, you know? Yeah, it's like a p- private show. I know. Well, some people could think like, oh, it was pretty dry in there. It was only about like 10 people or 18 people. And you're just like, so you hold up, man. But if you went to go see the Rolling Stones and there was only 10 people in the crowd, you'd feel like the luckiest fuck alive. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely, dude. I don't like going to big crowds usually. Hey, the, the laughter could be infectious and that could be the benefit sometimes, right? Yeah. But so many little elements, you know, come into play with what makes a success in your mind, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was gonna say something else too, what you were what you were saying before about uh um man, I just couldn't remember. We got we got we got we went down a rabbit hole, Joe. Yeah, we did. I know it's like it's like YouTube, we gotta press back, 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 yeah. back. Oh shit, we started it. This sunshine lollipops video or something. <laughs> and now we're talking about like fade to black Metallica. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm just uh I'm fucking really pumped that you're coming, man. Yeah. It's so cool. Like, I mean Jason Nosis Bahana has come up several fucking times. He's been like a huge part of like, you know, what we do up here and shit. And you know, and it's like, fuck, now you're coming. Like it's it's fucking cool, man. Like, I'd really love to see more and more of like all my friends that I've made in LA and Ohio and stuff. And yeah, you know, like yeah, we should create Toronto comedy tours. You get yeah, fuck, man. And we go get some like have like a huge party. Like yeah, like, like fucking. Of, it's kind of like the next like following or the gathering of a juggalos type thing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> but yeah. it's but it's just like uh I went to that uh Jackalope Freedom Festival, man, and uh Well, explain, bro. What's in that? Arizona. It was like this uh it was like this agorist marketplace. So it was like uh it was kind of like this this anarchist type event. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Style thing, but it was super fucking cool. Like everybody's just kind of chill and everyone's camping and everybody had their guns at their in their holsters and stuff like that and it was like it was weird like yeah nobody's gonna fuck around here like 
People yeah, we're, all, we're just finding a place where we can congregate and yeah. feel like we can be ourselves. Because yeah. when we're like this in other parts of our life, it's it's harder to be yourself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, but I love cracking jokes all the time, right? Like there was a time where I strongly thought that, like, I say I wanted to be that guy on stage. You know what I mean? But that mainly come because, like, fuck, man, I'm just always doing anything I can to make people around me laugh. You know what I mean? Like you met me enough times. Like, man, it, the opportunity that I get to just put in a line or my two cents and make people laugh, like I always get a thrill off that. You know what I mean? And it's just like, fuck, man, like just like. I don't know what it is, man. I got this sick obsession with making people laugh, whether it be through my words or through a third party or through a comedy show or fuck, man. Like, it's really exhilarating, man. Like, yeah, it's 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 exhilarating to engage other people. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. To get people engaged, to be able to like guide, bond a conversation. And- yeah, guide people. It's like a. The podcast, like doing a podcast and putting myself out there, man, like it, it's helped me out in so many other aspects of my life. Like, and it's just like, it's crazy because like when you were down here like two years ago and I was about to start my podcast and we're about to go to that comedy show, like, dude, I had, I didn't think two years from now I'd be like, yeah, we're about to rent a Tahoe. We're going to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. I'm rolling deep in a Tahoe too. Eh? Fuck yeah, yeah. Man. Got roll style. Is it all black or what? I don't know yet, man. I was, I, I got this awesome deal online. I get these good rentals from work and Oh, sick. Yeah. So I was just, yeah. Like, see, so there's the thing, man. Anyone listening could realize like it doesn't have to be that expensive, man. No, it really doesn't. Like you do shit on a shoestring. Like, Man, you can go there and eat baller meals all day. Like, or you could just go and like, you know, conserve your money. Like, yo, dude, man, like when I was young, we used to go to a amusement park or on a road trip. My fucking mom would pack sandwiches, bro. Like, yeah. like, and you're just like, oh, this sucks. I want fucking McDonald's because I'm on vacation and shit, right? Yeah. But like, you don't realize as you grow up, you're like, well, the reason why we had fucking sandwiches packed in a cooler and stuff and like, you know, like food like that that we can make on the go is we made it so it was possible to even go. Yeah. You know, so like just as an adult, like, you know, nowhere to be frivolous and where nowhere not to be. And it's like you can make these things happen for I hate when people like refrain from traveling because like, oh, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. It's like, no, no, no. There's more than enough money. There's more than enough time. You just have to find a way to live within your means. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I ain't fucking rich at all, buddy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just working like everybody else. And it's like. You, it's, you find you a way to make it happen. Yeah, dude. You prioritize it. Like, what's really important to you? Is it important to be a pretend baller and go to the bar? Oh, I hate rich? that shit. Yeah. Or is it... It's like people that think they're impressing people with money. Like, get yeah. out. Get a car that they don't need. Oh, dude. I'm telling you, man. Fuck. Like, I have a pickup truck and, you know, sometimes I think about it. Like, I'm trying to get rid of it right now. Sometimes I think it's been the life of me sometimes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know... I- you wrote in my uh, my thousand dollar death machine, like you know what I mean. Like it's it goes point A to point B, and it's a fuel efficient. That was that's all that matters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And like, I know. Fuck. I mean, you want to rent? You want to feel like a baller? Run, like go rent a car. Go rent a Tahoe. You know what I mean? Like just like you, you. There's so many little things you can do. Like fuck, man. Uh, it's just all it's all in your head. Like how you budget your time how you budget your money and like the realm of possibility uh, widens vastly and you start to really put a lot of effort. Joe, it's starting to break up there a little bit. We're starting to get some feedback. Okay. Well, I got, yeah. How's that right now? 
Um, it's still a little bit uh, robot voicey. Robot. <laughs> it might just be the internet connection. It I could turn, be. turn my Wi-Fi off on like some other devices here. So like, I think everybody's like living with like. Okay, 10. I think it's better now. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's the the wonders of dealing with Skype. That's cool. Well, you know, man, here's the thing. We could get mad about it, but it's free. And yeah, I know. I was like, fuck this Skype shit, man. I'm going to write them a tweet right now. It's like, you fucking suck, bro. <laughs> yeah, and like before, we couldn't like just write each other letters and have people read them. I guess we could oh, do that. Man, that shit crossed my mind the other day because like, okay, I have a grandfather in Italy, right? And, you know, it didn't play a huge role in my, you know, my life because, <clears throat> you know, back in the day, we didn't have such ease of communication, right? Absolutely. So it was like, you know, maybe three or four times a year, the, my parents would call my grandparents in Sicily and like, I'd have like some like half-ass conversation where I'm like, ciao, como stai, <laughs> bene, bene, like just saying the same 10 words over and over, right? Yeah. And uh, recently my grandfather, his, his brother passed away. So then my dad gives me a call one day. He's like, hey, I want you to call your nonno, you call your grandfather, you know, his brother passed away and he's really sad because he feels old. And he goes, my grandsons, they never call me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, it's, I've never, ever called you. <laughs> like, but I'm like, okay, so, okay, I'll call, right? But I'm like, I'm thinking like, you know, I haven't called yet because I'm an asshole like that. But I'm, I haven't called yet because I'm like, Man, I hate the the awkwardness of like hearing them say something. You know, I can go on Google Translate and be like, you know, learn how to say this to him. But the second he responds, I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh shit, what did he just say? Right? Like, and it gets really weird. You know what I mean? So, well, you gotta it, you gotta talk in Italian and English at the same time. <laughs> Italianish, yeah. yeah. And uh, and the thing is, is it made me think like, I fuck, I would feel so much comfortable just being able to write a letter to him. You know what I mean? Like do the translations and everything online and write a letter. So he gets my full message of what I want him to know. You know what I mean? And then give him time to respond. But then I was thinking about it. I was like, fuck, imagine it was like before where you had to like, like even like just your friend that you wrote a tweet to, like me wanting to talk to you. Imagine I had to do like pen pal styles and I was like writing a letter. Like you'd have to write something that doesn't pertain to like the here and now, right? Because it's like by the time it gets there, it's a week later. So like messages would have been so different back then, right? Because you're like, this is what's going on in my life. The weather's like this over here. <laughs> so they would be like, each, each letter would be like a timepiece. Now it's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> not, hey, not, hey yeah. you want to record a podcast yeah, yeah you know <laughs> so fuck i don't know it's just weird how things have changed like so amazingly right yeah like, like all my family's on facebook now it's like it's cool man it's like it's like now we're all having like shared conversations with each other and i don't know man it's progressive that's for sure yeah no it's definitely it's it's definitely progress in the direction of something I mean, there's also some other aspects to it because you could be like, um, this motherfucker just posted on Facebook and he won't answer my text. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> but I think people have become more and more uh, accepting of things like that because they're like, yeah, we get it. Just because you get a text or a call doesn't mean you could just drop everything and call. Like, because back in the day, you call somebody and you're like, you're like, if they're not home, then you just didn't talk to them. You know, yeah. like I had a friend that told me that you guys with your cell phones today are fucked. Okay. Me on a fucking Saturday night, 
just, I was two places. I was watching Hockey Night in Canada. After that, I went out. If you tried to call me, I didn't have a cell phone, bud. If you tried to call me, I was gone for the night. If either you bumped into me or you didn't. Like, there was none of this, what are we doing later? Meet me here. Yeah. Okay, change of plans. It was like, no, nine o'clock, this is where we'll be. And you just went. You know what I mean? So it's like little differences. But back in the day, you have a phone at your house, man, it rings. If you don't pick it up, you kind of feel like an asshole. But it's like, man, just because we all carry our phone in our pocket at every given moment doesn't mean that you're always available, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you can't really get mad at someone. It's like, fuck, so long as the, the call was returned as some fucking timely fashion, you're okay, right? Like, Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like Cash 22, man. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about that, man, I was just thinking, like, uh, it's like business hours for him. Look, you can call me when I'm home. Maybe I'll answer. Maybe I won't. <laughs> well, yeah, I even heard Segura say on your mom's house podcast, and I try to adapt to the theory. I, I mean, I haven't been very successful just as yet because everything's just notifications on my phone, right? Yeah. But uh, he said, like, you know, he heard from, like, some, like, real, like, you know, strategists, you know, like, personal development. I forget exactly how it was said, but the the essence of the the point was, you know, when it comes to checking your emails, like, have a designated time in your life when you do that, you know, like do it every Monday at 5 p.m., you know, or, you know, twice throughout the week. But like if you're constantly just like giving it small little nippets of attention, it's not getting the attention it deserves. Where if you choose like, OK, for an hour every Monday at five, I go through all my emails, do all my responding and then just, you know, next week, check it up again. Like, I mean, the world's going to keep turning and like nothing is. You know, unless you're looking in the realm of like uh, being an opportunist, you don't want to pass opportunities that come to you in a flash, right? But it's just delegating your time online, social media, Facebook, Twitter, emails. Like, delegate the time because if you're like me, fuck you, you just sit down and you stare at your phone for like fucking half an hour sometimes. Every fucking app you open and you're just like, what did I just do? <laughs> well, why was I playing on my phone again? Oh, yeah, I was going to check my email. Yeah, it's become like television, you know what I mean? Like like before, you just put on the TV, become a boob, you know, and just watch whatever the fuck's coming through it. And now it's just like I do the same shit with, with my phone. I'm like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then you get to do it the third time. You're like, okay, I saw this shit already. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you're entertaining yourself, man. It is. You know, I, I, I think it's better entertaining yourself than somebody else choosing. Yeah. It's it's better, man. It's better than you know sitting in front of a a TV and letting them dictate when you can watch things or yeah, exactly. Listen to a radio and letting them letting them decide what kind of conversation you have to listen to. Exactly. Now now we have the choice, you know. Yeah, we have the choice. And, uh, you, could, you could turn on a high on trees podcast. Yeah, well, fuck if I still put them out, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, but even like creating the shows you know like now you can go out to a show and watch a shit live you know what i mean like there's more and more people creating more and more options and uh i think it's for the betterment of everyone you know absolutely yeah the, the sooner people stop like just going out to bars and getting hammered or i don't know i mean if you want to do that that's cool but it's i've been there man it's just not that fulfilling it's yeah, like there's a, so many different fulfilling things you could do in your life, for sure. Yeah, like, there's so many better, you know, deposits you could make in that emotional bank account. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes the bar with some friends could be, like, just oh, as awesome yeah. of a time out, right? But when it becomes, like, 
fill in the blank with this, when then you know it's becoming mundane, right? When it becomes like, spiritual, then it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh man, it's fucking. Uh, what am I gonna? Do? Okay, go to the bar. You know what I mean? Like, and watch football at the bar. Yeah, that's cool though too. You know what I mean? It's better than just fucking like watching the wall, like some sad yeah. fuck people. But, you know, I mean, you go to a bar, you see some motherfucker just staring. You're like, oh, this guy's just waiting for someone to say, you know, how are you? You're like, I don't want to, I don't want to even open that can of worms with you, buddy, because I don't want to hear about your fucking ex-wife and shit like that. Like, you know, yeah. fuck the best though is just like you know, when somebody asks you that shit and you tell them like some real life shit that's going on in your life, and you can see the look on their face. They're like, yeah, you didn't really want to know, did you? <laughs> fucker you know what i mean <laughs> yeah man yeah man so uh yeah that's uh that's so true though like there, there's just a lot of things man there's a lot of um like anybody can do it too like anybody could start just just start it make a hobby like i was talking to one a good friend of mine and he was just telling me like you know it was like this uh like dating site thing and he was trying to figure out how he could uh get more like it was kind of like he was looking for like something that there was missing or like some magic thing it's like dude like you know just what do you what do you like to do yeah simplify the thing man yeah simplify it like yeah like you don't have to be a fucking rock climber out of of nowhere yeah it's like dude what do you like to do just do that like if you like video games talk about video games well figure out a way that you could maybe become a part of a community or something like that yeah, and I think like once you just start start off and take the step towards doing anything that brings you some sort of real pleasure, it's when you're in that environment with those people that you're going to get led to some new thing that you like. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. You know what I mean? But it's not until you're like, you know, feeding the one thing that you really love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's, you know, whatever you like, you know, treat it like a plant, you know, water it, nurture it, and it will grow. And that's, that's, that's just like anything. It's, 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 um, you know, you can't, uh, anything that's in like anything that's, that's going to happen for you, you got to put time into it. And that's, that's just it. So like, it just, it goes back to like talking about restructuring your income, restructuring that sort of thing. Like restructure your time. Like your time's your most valuable asset. Like, I know it is, man. It's so weird, man. Like that you bring that up because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit real with you right here. Like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, no, you don't have to tell people this about your life, you know, but I think like that's the whole draw of podcasts is like just people being real and honest, right? Like talking about time and being the most valuable thing on your side. It's very true. And like, you know, I've done these shows and, you know, started my podcast and the things I've done, I did it within the very small amount of time that I was allotted in my life because I worked a pretty like, you know, labor intensive job, waking up at five in the morning every day, getting home around 430. So like I'm gone for 12 hours. And then so I get to this point every night, Drew, where I'm like, okay, it's eight o'clock. I feel tired as fuck. Right. Absolutely. Right. So it'll be eight o'clock on a Monday night. I feel tired as fuck. And then I get past that tired zone. And like my mind is just like a fucking super highway, just jaw, 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 like all these fucking like thoughts running through my mind. And it always happens around the same time. It's like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. I'm fucking tuned up nice off my weed, right? Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe a beer or something, right? And, yeah. and my mind is just flourishing with all this thought and all this potential. And like 
I feel like you know, I should be sitting down and writing all this shit down and doing this and moving on that. But I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, I should have been in bed an hour ago. Right. And now I'm just trying to find a way to like fucking make myself tired. So I'll eat like some piece of an edible or something. And I'm like lying in my bed with my mind racing. And then I don't go to bed until like midnight because my mind. And then the next day I wake up. It's like it's like edge of tomorrow. guy. Right? Like live, die, repeat. You know what I mean? I'm like every fucking day. It's just like waking up tired as fuck because I went to bed at 12, but it's because at 11 o'clock the night before, that's when my mind was going crazy. And it came to this point in my life where I'm like, I wonder how much more I could be doing or could have done so far if I didn't have like this day job interrupting me. Right. Absolutely. And, and then it's weird because in the past two, three weeks, I was thinking more and more and more because I put myself in a financial position in my life. I made huge sacrifices in my life this past year so that I could feel more comfortable in a financial way and things like that. And all I was thinking is like, how do I get out of this construction industry? Man, I've been doing this for 14 years, right? I'm like, fuck, how do I get out of this? How do I make it? Because I'm looking at what I do. I'm like, I don't want to fucking be breaking my back when I'm 50. Like I'm, I'm not going to be a fucking lifer at this. You know what I mean? Like I have visions, I have goals, I have ideas. Like, and I'm thinking like, how do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? And I'm starting to toy with the idea of working locally, sacrificing my vehicle, things like this. You know what I mean? And then just, uh, dude, we're only three days ago, just last Thursday, fucking, I get fired, bro. What? Yeah. That's I just, crazy. Yeah, and it was like honestly, like one of the dumbest fucking reasons. It was just like a matter of like how much time it took to like build a certain application in my mind, in my heart. I know I could have built it faster, but I wasn't feeling motivated at the time because like I said, each day I was all I was thinking about how do I stop this job. <laughs> and it's weird. How sometimes you ask the world for things. Yeah. And it's and not it's, always dude. Like that's the same thing for me when I uh, when I lost my gig at Verizon, dude, like I wanted so badly to get out. I wanted so badly just to have time to think about shit. I ended up not working for, I mean, when I first met you, I didn't have a job. And I was, and like, dude, it was like the best thing I could do was just to like. To reset, recreate yourself. Recreate myself. Reset, man. Like I cashed out my 401k because I was like, this isn't going to be any good by the time it's time for me to retire. Yeah. You know <laughs> like, what I mean? It's not. It's not. There's no way. It's a dead end. It's a dead end. It's a dead end. So I was like, so I'm going to take this money and I'm going to invest it in me now and let's see what happens. Yeah, man. And the next thing you know, you're enriching your life. And so like in my situation, I was like asking the world, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do this anymore. How do I get out of this? And lo and behold, like fucking my boss comes and fucking just fires me like out of the blue. And for me, I was kind of like a part of me felt kind of pumped off. You know, I was like, what? You're firing me? Like, I worked for you for 14 years, man, for this one thing. I'm like, you know what? I say it like this to everyone, my family and friends. It's bad news. Or sorry, it's good news disguised as bad news. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's good news disguised as bad news. And, and like... Things are only going to get better from here. And I'm like, I, I feel comfortable enough where I'm in a situation where, hey, I can survive for like the next year and not have to work. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just work locally. I'm going to find a place where I can walk to work. You know what I mean? Delete my expensive. Like, I'm just going to make changes in my life and and I will be living a much more richer life. And the most exciting part is like 
I'm going to be able to put a lot more effort into these shows and stuff now and like getting things going, you know? So I'm, it's like, it's scary. It's as scary as it is exciting yeah. because it's like change is a scary thing. It really is. It's like, cause you don't know how to deal with it. Like you deal with it as it comes, but it's like sometimes in your soul, you know, you know that this change is fucking necessary in your life, you know, or else you will become like, like a bag of shit, man. You'll just be like fucking, you'll, you'll be a nothing soulless body. Like, you know, imagine like I'm there like, and I'll never forget, man. There was this, uh, maybe about five or six years ago, I was like young buck on the job. You know, I'm pretty good at what I do. Like, I don't want to sound, you know, uh, conceited or anything. Yeah, exactly. But I know that I'm fucking skilled in my trade. Like I will build you some fucking crazy shit. Like I will turn metal and drywall into like a cloud if you want, you know what I mean? And it's like, I know my value. And for the longest time, all the big bosses at my company, keep keep in mind, like my company, they're like fucking mafia, bro. Honest to God, they're like this weird Italian run company, but they're the biggest in their industry. Like they are land developers. They are building developers. Like, like they create the jobs that allow us trade workers to work. Like it's, it's a really crazy beast that they got going on. Uh, so they kind of control like the industry in my city where I'm from, but it's like these guys, like, I don't know, man. I, 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 they were always telling me like, yo, you're going to be the next foreman. You're going to be the next boss. This kid right here, look out for this kid. Like it made me feel good about myself. Right. And like everyone would treat me like, Hey, there's Joe, that guy, like everyone loves this guy. Like he, you know, he's going to be a great boss one day. And for five or six years ago, there was an old dude that I was working with semi-retired. Right. Yeah. His name was Yanko, Croatian guy. Yanko, what's up, buddy? He's like, Hey, Joe, you know, I'm like, Hey, fuck man. I'm like, Oh, so this is one job we got teamed up like partners, right? Building like this lobby inside of the hotel, right? Yeah. So we start building this lobby together and he's telling me he's all excited. He's an old dude. Like he's fucking old, like move slow and stuff. I'm picking up his slack, but I don't care because you can learn a lot from old dudes. You know what I mean? I'm happy to be working with him. Uh, And he's uh, telling me, I'm excited. November, I'm retired. November, I'm retired, right? I go, that's amazing, right? And then now we were one month away from November. So I, uh, I, I go to the guy, I go, so what, fucking couple more weeks and you're done, eh, Yanko? He's like, yes. I go, you're happy? He's like, very happy. I'm like, that's good for you, man. I can't wait till I'm in that position. I'm like, but this guy's like 65, right? Yeah. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm only like 25 right now. Like, hold on, I can't wait till I'm in that position. So 40 years from now, I'm going to be, what, happy to just be calling it quits? <laughs> so then I, I remember I asked him one day, I'm like, yo, Yanko, I go, can I ask you one question? He goes, what's up, Joe? I go, is it worth it? He goes, what? I go, you know, coming to work every day, work an honest job, support your family, go home, enjoy your weekends. Is it a good life? Is it worth it? And I, I swear to you, Drew, I was hoping and praying at that time that he would look at me and say, yes, Joe, it's worth it. You work an honest living. And you're going to have a good life and you'll, you'll, you'll have food on your table, house over your head, family you can raise. It's a good, it's a good life. And he looks at me and he goes, no. And I'm like, what? Cause I was hoping for the other answer. He goes, no, it's not. I go, it's not. So you worked here for 40 years and it's not worth it. He's like, not at all. He goes, if I'm you, 
go and do something for yourself. Yeah. And that was five years ago. I remember it's just weighing a ton with me because I'm like, I'm like, fuck, man, like this fucking guy, he just did the whole, the whole sentence, you know? Yeah. And that's what my friend says. It's like, yeah, when you talk to construction workers, it's like you're talking to guys that have a jail sentence. Oh, I got 20 years left. Oh, I got 15 years left. It's like, like we sign ourselves up to become slaves, you know, to enter into a rat race. And the saddest is when the certain people that are doing it and they're not realizing why they're doing it, but like every chance they get, they're getting the hottest car, the coolest clothes, this and that. It's like, yo, you're so deep in the race bro yeah uh, you don't even realize that you're sacrificing your life your one life to live man and one day you're gonna look back fucking 40 years i did this every fucking day man what the fuck did i do you know you're like jesus christ man fuck there's so much more than just fucking being a slave for some fucking company you know absolutely like it sucks i know we all have to do these things to survive but it's like man, man if you have a vision at all follow your vision man yeah man like yeah, some people are, don't even have it man. jobs are just meant for us to develop skills yeah they're, and they're it, not meant for us to to feed provide for our families they're not meant for any of that nonsense man like that's that's just a lie i mean for some people it might be so that's not fair for me to say but for me that's a lie like i can't i could never do that man like there's no way like i i don't like people telling me what to do ever like it's not like I don't, I don't like that, man. I don't like the fact that, like, that weird feeling where everybody listens to the dumb person because they're in charge, they're the boss. It's like, oh, oh. And, and that's the thing, man. Like, fucking my boss who fired me. Yeah. Like, we used to have a boss, right? Uh, for like the out of ten years that I worked there, yeah. And he was, uh, he was hired. He was a site supervisor. He was the supervisor of the company. He'd come to every job, make sure things are going right. That guy fucking loved me. He was yeah. the one telling me you're gonna be the next boss for me this and that and then recently he retired and the person who took over is the the owner of the company's son yeah. now you know like i'm not whatever man like this is ever gonna get back to me so what the guy fired me i don't give a fuck what you hear bro yeah. fucking he's the type of guy who was born on third base and thinks he hit the fucking triple you know what i mean yeah and he's telling me that my shit took too long this past month, that I took way too long to build this stuff. But it's like, yo, bro, you've never built this, bro. Yeah, how do you know? You don't even know. You're just looking at numbers like this would be done in this amount of time. But when you come to the job and you look at all the obstacles and all the little bullshit that has to be done to get it done, then you know. And that was the thing with the old supervisors. He came from a working background. So he knew when he looked, he understood yeah, I get why this takes longer. They got to move around. They got to do this. They got to, but the other guy just comes in like, yo, I'm fucking disappointed in you, Joe. I'm like, why? He's like, what took you so long here? I'm like, oh, dude, I really don't know what to say. I'm just kind of doing things the way I always do it, you know, for the last 14 years, right? Absolutely. And now this guy's, you know what? I'm disappointed in you. I'm going to get someone else to finish this. Just go back to work for now and uh, figure something else out with you after. So half the day goes by and my, my boss, my foreman comes up to me, you know, the guy who runs a job. He's like, let's stop what you're doing right now. Pack up your stuff. The boss wants you to call him. So I call the guy. He's like, yeah, like I told you before, you're, you're really disappointing me, Joe, but uh, I don't know what to say to you. I'm like, okay, so what, you don't want me to do this anymore? He's like, no, I'm going to get someone else to do it. I'm like, okay, so where do you want us to go? Because there's always a hundred other jobs on the go, right? Yeah. He goes, nowhere, Joe. This is it. I got no more work for you. I'm like, really? I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, this guy's like the same age as me. You know what I mean? Just born rich, right? 
Yeah. It's like, you fucking piece of shit. Like, like sometimes I feel like they do this shit to people because this guy doesn't realize I don't have a wife. I don't have a kid. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a fucking payment other than my phone and my internet right now. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you're you, this tactic, this scare tactic that you're doing, like you're fired. Call me in a couple of weeks. I might have something for you. That's like this like lesson that they give to these old school dudes who need the job. They need it. They have no other means of survival other than this job. So then they do this tactic to these guys, right? Yeah. And they make it so that they fucking they come back on hand and knee yeah. and never slack off again because they know they'll get fired because they've got the fear of God. Like it's a fear tactic, right? Yeah. And I'm like, like oh, dude, you don't speech. Like, do you know how good of a situation you have? Yeah, I'm like, I, and in my head, I'm like, yo, dude, you don't realize that you just like lost me forever right now, right? Because at this point in my life, 32 years old, I'm trying to find ways actively to not use my body to yeah. earn money, my body and hours. It's like everyone's trading hours for dollars. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is wrong with it? Like, we all have our own little uh, vision of like, what our hour is worth, you know? And then once you've made this much money an hour, it's like, oh, hey, my hour is worth this. It's like, your time is worth this, but like, yo, with your time on your own, like it's worth so much more than like 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, whatever the fuck it is an hour, right? Yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing. Like you want to be in, you want to get to the position where somebody is making you an offer and you're deciding, is that worth my time? Or not? Like, yeah. That's the position you need to operate from. And I can't operate from that position 100%, but like, honestly, like I, I was living in that and I was making it, I was making, I was, you know, I was getting by and it, I always had, you know, when I was working the previous spot, I always had, you know, Hey, look, I don't, I don't need you. So this is what I'm going to do. So this you is know? goodbye. Yeah. This is goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, but so we were always cool. Like I was always respected and then I got this new gig and it pays really well and I'm going to ride it out. Um, for a couple yeah, of years, I'm it, hoping it just does it give you some more money. personal freedom too. Ah, uh, it's only 40 hours, man. It's like a set schedule. No, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it doesn't fluctuate and change every week. And no, yeah, that's yeah. So it's like 40 hours, good commission job, still developing negotiating skills, dealing, you know what I mean? Like, sure, I'm sure, gonna, I'm gonna learn some skills from this job, so this is worth my time, and that's well, like that's the attitude people have to have. Well, that's good, man. Like when you're like any kind of like sales associate or like person that has to deal with a customer base, you know, that's the difference with the construction world is that like when anybody sees a 30 year old guy who's been doing this job for 10 years plus, right? Mm -hmm. And they see this guy, like the, the first thought is like, you're missing something upstairs, dude. You know what I mean? Like it's a labor intensive job. Like you're doing this because you didn't have the brains to go to school or to chase down a dream that you had, right? So the the, the the tight casting, the stereotype that you get, like, and I know that this boss of mine who canned me the other day, like, he's looking at me like, ah, this guy's a stupid guy. Yeah. I know it in my heart of hearts. I know that he's looking at me like, if you're here doing this, you gotta be stupid, buddy. You know what I mean? And that's the, that's the feeling you get from some of these older individuals. Now, you get to meet some people along the way who realize, like, they look at you and they go, why are you doing this, Joe? You know? Yeah. It's like, well, it's good money. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good money. That's true. Don't you want to do something else? But then the majority of people, you know, they just think that you're dumb. And uh, honestly, I, I, I'm sad to say it, but, like, you know, a lot of my coworkers were 
pretty fucking, you know, simple guys. I'm not going to call them dumb because yeah. they're all, they're all smart people in their own ways, but simple men, simple people, you know, who are willing to, you know, let their fucking hands get carpal tunnel syndrome and fucking strain their shoulders every day just for this shit. And, and then a lot of them are just, you know, immigrants, you know what I mean? And they just come into the country and they're finding the best paying job to do with their labor and they don't have to have too much people skills and stuff. And it's just like, you know, you sit there and you're like, when you, when you come to a point where you realize you're better than what you're doing, then I think every day that you do it after that you realize that is like, it's, it's sad, you know, it's sad to yourself, right? You're cheating yourself. Yeah. You know, live within your means and and find a way you know what i mean like a year ago today bro i was fucking like swamped in debt and bills just every fucking paycheck just like it's already gone yeah you know i was just stuck in this vicious fucking cycle getting a letter from my my creditor saying hey if you pay the minimum payment you'll be paying this off for the next 34 years you know what i mean like like my, my, my credit card statement would come in like that because of the way interest works and stuff, you're looking at it like a certain debt, right? And you're like, okay, so if I pay this every month, this is how long it should be. But no, you're not incorporating the interest and it tells you straight up, if you pay the minimum payment for this debt, you will be paying this much money a month for the next 34 years. So you're like, what? This is like not even a $20,000 debt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're just like, what the fuck is this? Right. So I made a lot of, and like people got to realize that sacrifices, but it's not just saying like, okay, here's my car. Now my life's better. No, it's sacrifices and hard work, man. Like you really have to put in some hard work and you will see, man, like certain changes happen in your life. Dude, by the time July came this year, I was like, oh my God, my fucking life is awesome. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck man i feel so fucking free you know but like i live in a i live in a space now that's like uh an eighth of the home that i own i'm like this is all i need man like like become a minimalist you know like just like fuck all this bullshit like no one cares about your nice house in the suburbs yeah. if, if you're not close to anyone who gives a shit you know what i mean like nobody's coming out to the suburbs like that's the other thing you live out in the suburbs have a nice property whatever it's like your friends from downtown don't come out there. There's nothing there. Have you what seen am I gonna do? Uh, Fucking stare at stars? You seen the little tiny house movement thing that's going on? No, explain. So people are just building these tiny houses. Um, they're and it's all paid off, and they have they have their own electricity run and everything. There, it's uh it's on Netflix. There's a there's a documentary called Tiny, but like they'll just basically take like a trailer and they build on the trailer because they don't have to meet any um zoning laws or anything like that for buildings if there's wheels on it oh yeah so they're just extending all these compartments on their trailer homes and stuff well, building a deck around it well and... no it's a, it's a trailer so they can take their house with them anywhere yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a handmade trailer pretty much yeah it's like it's also like uh i've seen like certain programs you know like uh places like amsterdam where like you get these like architectural artists who like find these ways to make like completely green living spaces, you know? And then like, they look like it, you look at it and it's like a fucking eggshell of a home. Yeah. But then when you step inside the way everything's designed and corners are cut, like it feels just as spacious as any other place. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, yeah, you could, I mean, you could like, fuck man. I, everything, everybody likes big, right? Everyone likes big. It's like, you don't need big, you know? Yeah. You just need enough, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want like I like I like ranch houses with basements. Those are probably my favorite houses. Like, I don't want a big man. fucking house, man. Like uh, but more to clean, man. Like fuck. Yeah, more to clean, more bullshit to deal with. Like just keep it simple. Like I then I, like I have a problem with gathering too much shit. Anyways, like I have a bunch of furniture. Yeah. Oh, that was the thing too, man. Like fucking moving from like a home to like a bachelor condo is like. Holy fuck, man. I got rid of so many things, like a complete garage full of tools because I just had nowhere to put it here. And I was partying with all this shit. And I'm like, why do I fucking have this crap, man? Did you sell it all? I sold some stuff. I gave it away to family and people that can use it and stuff like that. I know my brother was like, yo, put this all on Kijiji. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm just happy to fucking, I'll throw it all away. I don't know. Fuck. You know? <laughs> I call all my friends. Yeah, I call I call all my friends. I'm like, free for all. Take whatever you want in this pile. And you know, people grab shit that they need, that they don't need, whatever. But it's like you start looking and rummaging through all the stuff. You're like, fuck, man, I threw away like a fucking, you know, a 20-yard fucking dumpster bin full of just like shit that I probably would have taken from home to home to home to home. And it stays in a box in their basement. You never fucking look at it. Yeah. You know? I've been going through my stuff, man, just slowly and just let you know, I'll, it go. I'll never let go of pictures and keepsakes and things like that, oh, right? That's the first for me. Screw yeah. people. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always, like, tied down to memories and shit. But, I mean, like, you know, like, little fucking knickknacks. Like, I had, like, fucking ten boxes. And, like, literally on the outside of, of the box, you know, you write down, like, plates, dinnerware, fucking this and that. And I had, like, knickknacks. I'm like, knickknacks. What the fuck is a knickknack? I'm like, 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 why do I have this fucking fake apple in here? Like, what the fuck is this plastic apple doing here? Why would I keep this? Because you just feel like this costs money. Why would I throw it away? It's just like, it means nothing, bro. It means a lesson from it. Yeah, right? Fuck, man. You spent money on a valuable lesson not to waste your money on bullshit. On bullshit, yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. So very, very fucking bottle openers and say you can't cool them shit like <laughs> what yeah i've never been a dude to get a bunch of souvenirs man it's never been my thing like i don't it's kind of keepsakes and stuff yeah, yeah i have like when i ran with the bulls i have like the clothes that i wore well you ran with the fucking bulls man yeah back in 2010 did you get hit no no like, so were you, you mean, fucking frightened or what man? yeah it was pretty scary man i wasn't like trying to have a bull chase me that wasn't my i ain't trying to do that but you're try- you're I, at the running of the bull so you are want- kind of trying to do that i want to run with them yeah, I just want to run like free, like a bull. Free like a bull. And that's not like not, not free in front of a bull. No, yeah, it wasn't. They run. They're faster than me and stronger. So, so did that? Did you see anybody get fucked up or what? The day before, yeah. So they run every day for like I think up to like fifteen days. It's the San Fermin Festival. It's like a weird area in Spain. Like the Spanish call it Pamplona, and then there's this other local culture there called the Basque and they speak their own language and they call it Arunia and um there's no credit card machines at any of the shops I mean you either have like the only our hotel had credit card machine yeah I gotcha it was like a cash only the bars don't close for the whole time so like it's just like it's 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 a weird place dude just a bunch of drunks and uh so yeah I saw some people get messed up the day before and I, and I almost didn't run 
Like I was really like You were like, no, nah, I'm not doing this shit, man. <laughs> yeah, but then I was like, dude. But you're all the way in Spain. How could you not? Yeah, I'm like, what kind of pussy would I be? So I ran and I, I got to the Huge stadium and uh and I was so out of breath and so out of shape and um, <laughs> and like I watched like and then so once you get in the stadium though, they wrap like leather around the smaller bulls' horns. Oh, so that they don't fucking So they don't gore so they don't mess people up, but they'll still throw you around. And yeah, like, so all these drunk people trying to olay it, and I remember this this big dude was just getting thrown around. He was trying to get out of the circle because you can go like you can get on the outside of like where the bullfighting takes place. And this dude is just getting tossed around. And I remember this British guy who I was hanging out with was like, "Come on, fatty, come on, fatty, get away from him!" And I was like, "Dude, this is too funny." <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was fun, man. Like I've always been. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta just take risks, man. Yeah, man, you got to. So you're never gonna regret that experience, man. No failure, way. failure or not, right? Like, no way. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so it, so for if you're listening, go to Toronto. Yeah, man, come to Toronto, man. Come to Toronto. I love digging up my city, man. Like I really do, man. I feel like everyone's free here. I really think culturally, yeah. racially, you know, like. Fuck, man. Okay, just quick little story. Fucking my buddy's friend. Uh, my buddy, where we go and pick up a table from his mom's friend, right? Uh-huh. And, and it was just like for some furniture for the house, right? So we go there, and the lady's sitting there. And him and his mom, or this lady and his mom, were like friends back in their home country where they're from, right? And uh, they both were refugees to Canada. And they, they, they went to high school together where they're from. And they found each other here again in Toronto, right? Yeah. So when they came, like the refugee status, like Canada would say, okay, this we found a place for you to live here. You know, so my buddy's mom was like, here, we found a place for you to live here in Scarborough, just outside of Toronto, Canada. And then for this one lady, they've sent her to Timmins, Ontario. And that's like fucking north, like three hours, right? She's like, I didn't like it there. It's very cold. I didn't like the life. So I moved down to Toronto. And that's where I met, met your, your, your mom again, you know, and we became friends. Oh my God, we went to high school together and stuff. Right. And it's just like, you, you get, you get thrown into this other place and she, she got thrown into Timmins, Ontario. Like you could search it up if you want, but it's fucking out the fucking nowhere, nowhere land. Right. And it's like, there's no opportunity there. And it's like, look, you came to Toronto because Toronto, you have opportunity. You know, and there's only so many cities like that in the world Absolutely. where there's endless opportunity. But the thing that I find this so special about Toronto and why I encourage anyone from any race, creed or culture to come and visit. So you're going to find something that you like to do here. You're going to find something that makes you feel home here. And there's opportunity for everyone. And it's not limited to your race, gender, creed, religion. Whatever you know, you're, I hope you. I hope you feel what I'm telling you when you come for your visit, and you realize that like everyone is accepted for who they are here, you know. And people are frowned upon. People who degrade those people for any type of type of sect that they belong to, uh, those people are frowned upon. And if you're in a group in public and you're like, oh, the fucking gays, oh, the blacks, oh, the Chinese, or whatever the fuck kind of ignorant shit you say, yeah. People around you will look at you with disgust here. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, it's this fucking really progressive place, right? Like lots of fucking options for anyone here, you know? 
Yeah. I really hope you enjoy your stay, man. It's going to be cool. You're going to be kicking it with me, bro. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to... uh, to help out and come and stay and enjoy the show. Um, yeah, enjoy the scene, you know, like you've heard so much about it. Now it's time to just take it in. Yeah, it felt it feels good to um feels good to have my passport again. Like cuz my passport ran out right after um like cuz after cuz I had I gone no, I, when you came, I hadn't gone to Morocco yet. So I went to Morocco and then when I got back my passport expired. <laughs> Yeah, then there's a whole process to get it again. Yeah, so I drove up to Detroit and I got it taken care of in like a day. And, uh, which is kind of creepy, by the way, because Detroit, they stopped turning on their streetlights at night. What? Yeah, they don't turn their streetlights on at night anymore. So it's just every fucking intersection is like a four-way stop? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, Like, not the stoplights. Oh, not the stoplights. Yeah, yeah, but but lights to, like, light areas of, like... Yeah, that's fucking creepy. Neighborhoods, yeah. So when you drive, it's just, like... It's like you're in the country. Yeah, it's pitch darkness. But there's houses everywhere, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fucking creepy as fuck, man. Yeah. Isn't that weird when you Like, what is this, fucking North Korea or some shit? (laughs) Yeah, when you go in the country, it's like, oh, this feels so nice. It's dark. It's quiet. You go to Detroit, it's like this is scary as fuck. (laughs) There's no lights. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's still kind of exciting there. Like it's um, oh, it's its own thing, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, it it could go two ways. It could get worse or it can get better. I feel like at this point, it can only get better. Um, So, I yeah, man, I'm excited to come up and experience it. I think um, I think it's going to be an awesome experience. So. Um, if you guys are interested in going, Kill Tony live in Toronto. Um, if anybody's listening, check out the ticket link on Brown Paper Tickets. Just search Kill Tony live. You know, Brian and Redman are doing a bunch of other shows while they're here in the city, but they reached out to me and they said, hey, listen, we want to do the podcast with you. We heard your mom's house was a huge success and we want to do the same thing, right? So I'm more or less just like fucking ecstatic that they, that they, that they wanted to because they could have just said, you know what, let's just do our shows that we're touring and another time, Joe. But no, people wanted to see Kill Tony. It's happening. We got the place over half packed already. So it's just a matter of, you know, word of mouth, you know, telling your friends. Uh, we always like to see a, a packed house, you know what I mean? But I'm already really happy at the fact that, like, even if sales stop right now, it would be, like, a very cool night in this special environment, intimate environment. So it would be really cool, man. Like I said, it's a theater, you know? And so imagine, like, old-school movie theater. You're sitting down in movie-style seats. You know, you could get popcorn and snacks at the concession. It's going to be a real cool feeling. I think it's something different that hasn't really been done before live podcast plus this type of venue and i'm uh, very excited to say that like it's gonna be kept kind of hush hush within our community not widely spread advertised but we've already talked to the theater owner and because it's a cool old school theater and the winter month is coming the winter months are coming uh we're gonna be doing you've heard of like uh you know like the grindhouse double feature yeah we're doing the smokehouse double feature buddy awesome, where we're gonna man yeah, so we're going to have people come in Wednesday nights, five bucks at the door. We're going to do two movies, two classics, whether they be different genres. We'll start taking people's suggestions. And the cool thing about the theater is that it is a 420-friendly environment. So imagine coming to watch a movie with your buddies, smoking joints while you're watching a movie at the theaters. You know, so yeah, it'd be pretty fucking cool. And I actually reached out to uh, Adam Scorgi. 
and I caught his blessings. Uh, we're going to kick it off by showing the culture high while we all get high in the theater. So it's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fucking cool. Man. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't allow smoking during the live podcast, you know, just because we've had a lot of people reach out and say, Oh, you know, I can't be around the smoke or whatever. And that's the unfortunate part too. You know, we are high on trees, but, um, uh, during the podcast, there's no smoking, but we do have a big, huge session inside the place after for everyone who wants to kick it with us. We're going to be handing out some free joints and shit and just get high with everyone. <laughs> like, you know, we're trying to keep the high on trees vibe. You know what I mean? Like the underground is a hot box and it's its own thing. And we're just trying to maintain that feeling. For people, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, go to Brown Paper Tickets, search Kill Tony. Um, and uh get the tickets man i'm gonna be there no sus is gonna be there hopefully more people can come um just just get there guys if you can yeah it's gonna be a very special night man for sure and uh and joe how can people uh get in touch with you if they want to follow what you're doing and have going on on twitter and everywhere else uh yo facebook and instagram it's just my name joe tachito two c's two t's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> found a cool way to say that all right um and uh on twitter it's joe of the jungle at jorangatang awesome and also go to highontrees.com yeah check that shit out too go to joe's podcast he hasn't posted episodes in a while but they're good podcasts yeah if you can still find them yeah let me know man there there were some really great conversations and i met so many cool people from it such a cool platform to meet people and network and stuff Absolutely. And uh, maybe we're going to get back to doing some podcasts. I've got some stuff in the works with some other uh, sponsors who want to see us do it again. You know, things are only going to get better for the higher trees universe. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. We appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you all at the show. Yes, man. Thanks, Drew. You're welcome, brother. Since gross.
Montana. <laughs> 